what's going on, everybody out there? Welcome to the eye test. I'm your host, Mark Coles, and I am with Sean Redacted, and we are here to give you the news and the information that you need from us. How are you doing today, Sean? Who? Hey, you already who? know what it is, and you know who you are, so it is. You know it. what? Yeah, Um. first off, you know, my name is Sean Williams. You know, I don't know who this Redacted fellow is. You know, you keep referencing him. I told you, we splitting the shit two ways, Mark. I don't know who he is, but he about to be asked out. But how you doing today, man? I'm doing, you know, because for me, I'm doing better than yesterday. You know, a few coworkers, you know, saying they had me to the point where, you know, I wanted to put hands on people, but they're not going to, they're not going to take me out of my, uh, they're not going to take me out of character. So, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You was ready to pull a Rory. You was ready to pull a Rory out there. You was like, yo. It was like you uh you talking too crazy with your face exposed. <laughs> Is that how you was feeling? Look, man, I felt I was like, yo, okay, y'all, y'all now not happy with the version of me that y'all been seeing. You obviously want to see the other guy. So all right, let's go take a walk real quick, you know? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know, all's good, you know what I'm saying? I took a yeah. I took a I took a 15 minute siesta, you know what I'm saying? Unauthorized siesta, you know. And uh, came back to work a little bit refreshed, you know. So he was inviting niggas to the gun show. Okay, dog. Nah, I wasn't invited to no gun show. This ain't no gun show, man. I'm taking them to the shooting range. You know what I'm saying? Oh wow, wow. You talking? You know what I'm saying? Go out there trying to shoot the fade. Okay. Look, you know what I'm saying? Look, man. Go ahead, stand in front of that target real quick. I promise I won't pull the trigger. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like. Okay. Young redacted out there trying to shoot the fade with people. I feel you. I feel you, dog. All I'm saying is I'm a nice guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm a really nice guy, but you know, sometimes sometimes people take that, you know, take your kindness for weakness and they try to take advantage of it. You know, kind of goes with some of the topics that we're going to talk about today. So, yeah, I feel you. Listen, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy out there, man. But um, we're going to get into some stuff with you guys today. Hopefully we can have some fun with it. Um, with that being said, man, let's just do it. Let's just get into it. I don't want to waste no time. Let's like, seeing it. how we don't really talk about I feel as though we need to knock this one out the way first because we don't really talk about hockey that much. But we're gonna talk about hockey, we're gonna make sure it's important. And this is fairly important because it's kind of a peek into the landscape of all sports. In general, and uh, what am I and what I'm talking about is the NHL in the game. Uh, I believe this game was a was Nashville. Uh, it was the ring. It was the it was the Red Wings versus the Predators. Yep. And mm-hmm. um, and in this game, um, one of the co- uh, excuse me, not coach, a referee was caught on hot mic. Uh, and he was more or less caught on hot mic fixing the game. And that's a bit of a problem. So, uh, hold on one second. This may be an important phone call. I don't want to ignore it. But yeah, so sorry for the interruption. People forget that I'll be recording right now. But anyway, um, so, like I was saying, this uh, this referee was caught on hot mic um, at this at this Red Wings Predator game, 
And um, let me pull up. And the referee's name is actually Tim Peel. Uh, and it says Peel was due to retire at the end of the season with the final game scheduled for late April. He he has worked more than 1,300 regular season games and 90 playoff games, according to the NHL Official Association website. Um, and it says, after Victor Arvidsson was called for tripping John Merrill on Tuesday, a voice was heard on the broadcast saying, it wasn't much, but I wanted to get a fucking penalty against Nashville early in the before the audio cut out. He told our bit, and it says he told our bench that. So I mean, really bizarre. I just think it can't happen. Predator forward uh, Matt Duchess said on the Robbie Rexford on a show on ESPN. Doesn't matter what the name of the show is, but he said that on the show on ESPN. Um, so essentially, this is kind of problematic, man. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, this is basically you look, peeking at the wizard behind the curtain. Like, you see, you seeing all the pulleys behind the curtain. Even though you kind of knew what, I mean, not kind of knew, we did all know, like, what was going on. At least a lot of us knew, like, what was going on yeah. and when it comes to these referees. But this pretty much is in your face, flat out what it is. Like these referees be fixing games, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like every Laker, every Laker championship, in my opinion, particularly in the the Kobe, uh, not, well, I shouldn't say everyone, but the Kobe. Yeah, I'm going to say, dog, you really go do this. This is what we will do. Okay, go ahead. listen, man. The Kobe and Shaq era has a lot of fraudulent uh, championships. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, like, mm. I'm not going to say all of them, but they have quite a few fraudulent mm. championships. Am I lying? Tell me I'm lying. Um, you said a lot. I I need to go back in my memory banks and and try to, to so I could try to understand what. A lot means because I need I need exact moments. Uh, obviously, the one that jumps out to me the most is obviously the Sacramento series. Um, so so as far as that goes, um, that's very clear. But the other ones you speaking about that add to it to make it a lot, don't just jump off the page to me, Mark. So if you're gonna say okay. that, I'm gonna need an explanation. Okay, right? listen, listen, because mm-hmm. like yes, that was the most egregious one. Yes, it was like the yeah. that was like the one you can't deny this. Yeah, undeniable. But, we're about, but I mean, like we're talking about world class hack. Robert Ori was a Laker. Duh. He there's no what like, and we're talking about Shaq. Legitimately, if Shaq was called correctly, how many games does he really not foul out in? Real rap. If he was called correctly, how um, many games does he? Not- I, but just to be specific he would probably average at least three offensive fouls a game, at least three a game. That's, right. You know, that's that's including the games where he has five and he has, you know, less of that. Like, not nah, man. Like, there's no – Shaq – Shaq was good for the uh, for the elbow spin move. You know what I'm saying? He, exactly. He was good for that. Exactly. Um, so this is what yeah. I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the egregious shit. I'm talking about, like – 
the the stuff that a regular player a regular player on another team couldn't get away with or even a superstar on another team couldn't get away with but if you're a laker and you're Shaq I will say this, you know what? I don't know, man. See, that's the thing. I don't know if it's just because it's the Lakers. I don't know if it's just because he's Shaq. I don't know if it's because, you know, because you know what they say. It's really hard to officiate him because he's so big and he's strong, right? Look, man, all it's I know. It's hard to officiate high elbows that are out here. Look, like It's not like his elbows are down and he's spinning around. No, you know what? Okay. high elbows, he's spinning. You know what? I'm gonna entertain this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna entertain this shit for for a minute, just just for a minute, Mark. Because the pro, I, I guess the reason why I can't really call bullshit on you is because of the fact that Shaq, I've heard Shaq, like verbalize it out loud and say that if you put somebody on me that is going to try to get big with me, then they're going to have to pay for it. Like he's he's verbalized it in post game conferences and uh, uh, conferences. And uh, and it's like, okay, so you're selling, you're not calling it already. People are trying to explain away, explain it away by saying he's not really fouling them. It's just contact. But then he's going in a post game interview and telling you that he's making people pay for for trying to guard him. Like that sounds like he's intentionally fouling people. But you know, so I, I'll entertain that for a second. And the last thing I'll say about that would be this. The real test, Mark, the real test would have been if Rasheed Wallace ever went to the Lakers. Then you would really know what's happening because, like, they, the rest would be confused. But, like, yo, it's Rasheed Wallace. I want to call I want to call a tech on him just for breathing. But he's in a Lakers uniform, so I don't know how this works. Like, I, I, that's what I would have loved to see. I would have loved to see Rasheed Wallace in a Lakers uniform and see what the hell the refs do with that. Yeah, like, I mean, because, listen – we're talking – I mean, it's not just that. Like, because you have that – you have the Lakers. You have you have the Saints versus Rams not not too long ago. Like, there's no way that ref didn't see that. And there's no way that when they convened on it, they was like, oh, it's still good. Like, no. There's money here. There's money on this. What, what the wildest thing make about the Rams the, win. Huh? See, and this is what I'll say. This is – like, you talk about the Lakers being a blatant one, right? Um, the Rams one is a blatant one too, for the simple fact that the the closest ref. And for those that are just hold on, for those sorry, but for those that are just listening and may not know these moments, although I don't know why you wouldn't know these moments, uh, the Rams versus the Saints moment was an egregious. If you just pull up Rams versus Saints bad uh, interference call. It'll immediately pop up. Um, is egregious pass uh, egregious no call on a pass interference. I um, mean, it wasn't just pass interference. Yeah, it was helmet to helmet contact. Um, the ball wasn't even anywhere near near the uh, was, receiver yet. It was it roughing was just, the. It was like it was like all types of shit. It was he like, literally launched himself at the receiver helmet first, causing helmet to helmet contact. It, so even if it was, hey, the ball was in range, he was still good. At the very least, if they weren't going to call interference, it was also a helmet to helmet. It, it was just no matter what, they a penalty should have been called and nothing got called in that play. So it, it, it marked. But like I said, the fact of the matter is the closest ref, if I'm not mistaken, the closest ref 
the closest ref wanted to throw the flag. When they when they made their final decision, they went with the referee's decision who wasn't even the closest ref on the play. Like, I don't even like see that that's the type of shit that lets you know that this shit is fixed. Like, there's no reason for the closest ref to hold his flag. There's no reason for the closest ref to consult the ref that is the furthest away. And there's no reason for after them to after them convening to go with what the furthest ref right. says happened. It's just everything about it is just like, yo, clearly it's like, yo, I know nobody has money on the game. I want to throw this flag. Hey, are you good? No, you can't throw that. Are you sure? Because we about to look crazy out here. No? All right. I'm going to tuck this back in. All right. No foul on the plate. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's, it's, it's wild. That, that was pretty egregious. Uh, that was pretty egregious, man. Especially watching. Like, if you watch the replay, the craziest thing, Mark, was watching the replay. And from the camera angle, you see the camera angle. It was the most perfect camera angle that there could be yeah. in existence. It was right on the sideline, right right um, in front of the receiver and the defender. So they're following the receiver. You can see the defender come into the view and just smack him right in the head, you know, and the ball is coming. And in that same shot, you can see the ref closest staring at the play like this with the whistle hanging out of his mouth, and he doesn't budge. Yeah, and he I doesn't mean, budge. I can point like to it's ridiculous. <laughs> I can point to a few of them. I can point to D. I can point to D. Wade on Rajon Rondo sweeping the fucking leg and breaking his wrist. Like, like what? Like there was no reason, no reason for yeah. that. No I don't. I I don't like to get into the D. Wade stuff because now, Mark. Now you know. I know you bring up the Rondo shit all the time, right? And and I'm I'm the I don't really pay it no credence. I don't really get into it the way that you do. I don't think you understand why, Mark, but I'm gonna explain it now because you've never heard this. Mark, do you know how much of a hater that I was called? Because I that people was telling me I was hating on D Wade, right? And I was like, why are you calling me a hater? I was like, at that period of time, Mark, and you could you could correct me if I'm wrong, at that period of time, D Wade was untouchable. He was getting Jordan-like calls. Like it was the ridiculous, most ridiculous shit in the world. Like you said, he, what he did to Rondo, people don't like like bringing it up. But I, I stopped talking shit about D Wade and his calls once the finals happened, where they beat Dallas, because that is one of the ones that they always go to. You can find plenty of YouTube videos, documentary-style videos about the that final series with D-Wade and Shaq versus Dirk, you know, and, and, and the Mavericks. And if you look at the calls that they were getting in game five and six, all of them went D-Wade's way. I mean, D-Wade would go to the hoop. And if if you if your foot was within within two feet of him, then they were blowing the whistle. They were just blowing the whistle anytime D-Wade went to the hoop. Like, D-Wade got a lot of calls. He got a lot of calls the second that Shaq showed up. The second Shaq showed up, he got a million and one calls. Remember, Mark, they were all, the entire NBA was railing against Kobe at that time. Mm -hmm. Shaq being on the Miami Heat, everybody wanted Shaq to succeed because they wanted to stick it to Kobe. I believe the league wanted to, you know, like you're talking about the refs, the other players, you know what I'm saying? The, the organization, you know, Kobe was kind of a black guy in the league at the time. So, yeah, I felt like, yo, they were just giving, they were just giving D-Wade all these calls. But I got called a hater so bad, Mark, I just stopped. I was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to leave it alone. I'm not going to say anything else about D-Wade. So now you're bringing, up the, the, you're bringing up the Rondo shit, I'll speak on it now. Like, 
he got away with it because he was D-Wade. And people might not remember, but before LeBron showed up there, D-Wade was in an untouchable category. He was in an untouchable category when it came to calls. You just weren't going to get any calls against him. So, um, but yes, that's why it happened, Mark. That's why it happened. Because I was telling you, everything changed the second that Shaq got there and he won that chip. Well, all right. But like, <laughs> but to bring this all home for you guys, essentially what I'm saying is, is that all these games, most of these games is fixed. And a lot of times when you watch something happen, um, when you watch certain things happen sometimes, like it that's it makes it amazing because uh like when you see the Giants beat uh when you see the Giants beat the Patriots, it's amazing because that's not supposed to happen. They couldn't do anything to make that not happen. Like um they tried their best to get to, for the Giants not even to make it that far. Because in their second championship, I invite everyone to go back and watch the Giants versus Green Bay game. Like they tried, they tried to give Green Bay every call in the fucking world in that game. And the Giants won anyway. Like yo, the smartest thing the Giants did in that game, Mark, they said we're gonna run the ball 40 times. Yep. Like, like that's the if if I'm telling you right now, Mark, if they would have thrown the ball anymore, you would have seen everything come out. All the holding penalties, or you would have seen the whole everything that they use against the passing game to stop it. They would have been calling offensive pass interference. They would have been calling all kind of shit. You know, the pick plays that they never call any penalties on, they would have been calling that shit. Like they would have been calling everything, Mark. But the smartest thing they did in that game was they ran the ball. And there's only so many penalties that you could call when you're just handing the ball off to somebody. So, I mean, this is like, like I said, this is all conspiracy theory, hypothesis stuff. But in, in that, they wanted the Patriots Green Bay in, in that Super Bowl. Giants weren't oh, supposed man. to be there that second time at all. Uh, and so the, <laughs> and the, and the Giants made it and the Giants won. Like those are like, so when you see moments like that, you – you won't really get those in basketball. You could pretty much coordinate who you want to be there, how you want them to be there, and all that. Like if you if you care about it, like you can. Well, I was just gonna say in football, it's one and done, baby. Yeah. All you gotta do is influence one game just enough. You know what I'm saying? Like that's it. And then it's not really obvious in basketball. The reason why basketball was a sport to get caught is because. You playing in a seven-game series, it takes a lot more to influence the outcome of a seven-game series, especially once a team goes down. Um, once a team goes down three-two, yeah, you you got to influence two straight games. Exactly, like you, so, like like essentially, like I would say to you that it's easier to it's easier to uh, manipulate basketball. And it's there's also, more opportunities. Yeah, it's because there's more opportunities to do so, but it's also harder when a team completely outclasses the other, but you want the team being outclassed to win. Like, so. Yeah. But, See, and that's the thing. The, the parity in the NFL lends itself to the benefit of the doubt. There's already an aura of any given Sunday and there's right. already that aura of any team could be any team at any time. So, like, 
although you can say, oh, well, I feel like the refs kind of influence. Look, man, they still got to show up and play. These guys didn't pull it out. You know, they lost by a field goal. You telling me that the ref, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's always that benefit of the doubt because of the parity in the NFL. So it's way easier to get away with it in the NFL. So, yeah. Oh, Real quick, I wanted to speak on the hockey situation real quick, only because like the only thing I need to, I feel like I need to speak on uh, specifically is, oh, buddy, clearly, was he said it doesn't look like much, but I wanted to get that fucking penalty on the Predators early in the game, and and some people might listen to that and 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 think, okay, well, you know, you know, sometimes you have teams rivalries. Sometimes, you know, you don't want things to get too heated and, and you feel like the refs are trying to temper the teams early on or quote unquote, set the tone, set the tone early on in a game. And um, it, it's funny because like, you know, I, I, you know, I was having this conversation that popped up on the news tonight and I already told Jess, I told my wife, I was like, look, this is one of the topics we're going to talk about today. And she was laughing at it because she was like, yo, He's just a straight up cheater. He's like, yo, I've never heard of an, a ref setting the tone. You hear about players setting the tone. Right. Like, when do refs set the tone for a game? Like, they're not involved in the game. They shouldn't be. So, so it's just, it's just, but, but this is something that regularly happens and people try to accept it as being okay because it regularly happens. Yeah. Like, and, uh, th- and it speaks uh, to a bigger issue, Mark. My issue is why do people think it's okay for a ref to set the tone? for a game. I don't care. If people have tempers, let them have their tempers. Kick everybody out that needs to be kicked out. That's how you deal with it. You wait for them to do something and you kick them the fuck out. It's highly... And like, why do you have to go out of your way to try to set a tone? And that's a, and <laughs> it's a highly accepted thing in basketball. Like, like, it's a highly accepted thing in basketball where the refs have to set the tone of what's going on. Like, no, just call a straight-up game. If he fouled... He fouled. If he didn't, he didn't. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that that sets the tone is is calling a straight up game, not not playing, not with the bullshit. But but they'll say like, yeah. oh like look. yeah, I, I feel you. Is that all we have for uh what's going on? I mean, that's that's all I really had to say. Like I said, the the the, the, the uh, I guess to wrap it up, setting the tone is a poor excuse for allowing refs to influence games beyond what they should be able to influence games. Yeah. Um, I feel like that I feel like the NBA when it comes to not just the NBA but all these leagues they have a vested interest in it because it spikes conversation, it spikes interest. It it always leads to more eyes on the product. And until it starts to hurt their product, they're always going to continue to allow it. I, I brought this up mostly because I look at this as a much deeper thing than um, just setting the tone or anything like that. The implications of doing that type of stuff where where you uh, cause where you're setting penalties and and all that are a bunch of no calls and all that. And it's a and we know the betting world. There, there's a lot of implications that I my head goes into a whole in a whole well, different space. Well, well, let me put it this way. Here, how about how you like this analogy? 
it's the it's the single mother, you know what I'm saying, who who who's working two jobs, who all of a sudden has a son that's bringing home food and <laughs> and and buying groceries and and buying clothes for everybody, you know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, they're just like, I don't know what's going on. He's selling drugs. What do you? I don't know. I don't know about that. I haven't seen him sell any drugs. Like, no. You're not going to say anything about it. You're not even going to question them about it because guess what? Right. You're reaping the benefits from it. So you're going to keep your mouth shut. You know what's happening. You're never going to speak words about it to him. He's never going to speak words about it to you. But all in all, you're being complicit in what's happening. Right. You're being an enabler because it's benefiting you positively. That's what it feels like to me. Although the NBA and the NFL and all these leagues, I'm going to specifically talk about the NBA because they're the worst. These refs have been horrible this year, Mark. Absolutely horrible. <laughs> but um, but they're the main ones that try to, not only do they claim they don't see any of this happening and they don't understand why people are accusing them of being complicit or being, uh, being involved. And it's like, yeah, we are accusing you of being involved because it's so blatant that there's, either you guys know and you're ignoring it or you guys are idiots, and we don't believe you're idiots. So, yes, the NBA, I'm talking to you. You guys are number one on the list for being complicit with the cheating, with the uh, with the refs and allowing them to influence or the influence. Because not only do you guys turn a blind eye, turning a blind eye ain't even enough for the NBA, Mark. They back the refs. Matter of fact, you can't even say to a ref that, they may have been wrong about a call because then you get fined. So not on or not, they're not just ignoring what the refs are doing. They're absolutely backing the refs 100% in all that they do by chastising and finding anybody that has any words to say against the refs. Right. So, yes, that's why I believe, you know, the MV, NBA has a vested interest and maybe you know what? If somebody accuses them of being the puppeteers behind the scenes, then so be it. Moving right along yet again, this is this one. This one I find very interesting, man. So, Kyrie Kyrie Irving is is out from Nets games currently. Um, cited family matters, family. Family matters. I see where you're going, Mark. Um, Kyrie Irving also had a has a birthday that was today. Um, so he's been missed. So he was slated to miss three games due to family issues or whatever. And he has a birthday that was today. The last time Kyrie Irving missed time citing family issues and matters his sister's birthday just magically happened to fall in that time frame um so i hope that everything is well with uh Kyrie Irving's family i i pray that that my theory is correct because I I would rather it be that than him having to deal with family issues. But especially around your birthday. But 
I find it very interesting that he is missing time right around his birthday. Uh, and he missed time last time, unannounced time, right around his birthday. Like, so, I mean, right around his sister's birthday. Yeah, uh, look, uh, look, man, I'm, I'm a some, this is a quick one for me, Mark. My big, my only gripe oh, with him. Hey, and uh, James Harden was out, uh, I think he was out tonight on Kyrie Irving's birthday with neck soreness. Maybe his neck was sore, Mark. I don't know, man. Look, look, okay, okay. You know what? You know what? Okay, this is, this is, once again, Mark. Now, I don't care about nothing else. My, 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 my initial, uh, my initial issue with him, with his sister's birthday situation was that he did not, people didn't know where he was at. People didn't know what he was doing. And, and remember, he just didn't show up, but he's kind of sent out a message on game day that he wasn't going to be there. So um, for me, number one, I appreciate him giving them a heads up. So he did learn something from that. Number two, if he has James Harden joining him, I'm assuming that at least James Harden knows. So his teammates probably know. And then the third thing is, although we don't know that right now, I'm going to assume that Steve Kerr was made full aware. I mean, Steve Kerr, Steve Nash. I keep calling him Steve Kerr. Steve Nash was made full aware why Kyrie was taking his time off. I'm sure he can't make that part public because the organization would have a problem with it. But, you know, I'm sure, Mark, that he is, he is this time expressed to Steve Nash, yo, I'm trying to have my birthday off, brother. I'm trying to have my birthday off. So, so as long as he spoke to Steve Nash and as long as he spoke to his comrades, you know, his teammates, the people that be on the court with him, practice with him, you know what I'm saying, blood, sweat, and tears with him, as long as he's not abandoning them and he's informing his coach, I don't care, Mark. I don't care. Go, go enjoy your birthday. Go do that. But I have one, one, I have one caveat, Mark. I don't want to hear no excuses. I guess not. Not gonna say no excuses. I don't want to hear chemistry excuses, the way that I heard chemistry chemistry excuses from the Clippers last year. Y'all was cool with, with they was cool with uh. With, with Kawhi taking all the time off until they lost, and then they blame chemistry. Right. So, so I don't – that's the only thing. That's the only caveat I have to this. I don't care. They can, he can take whatever time off he wants. He can go celebrate his birthday, do whatever he wants. If, if James Harden wants to say he has a neck issue and he wants to go hit the club with him, fine. Don't use this moment as an excuse in the future. That's it. Enjoy it. Here's – like, it's weird. Um – I like me knowing what's going on or me assuming what's going on. If that, if that is indeed what's going on, it's weird because on one hand, I kind of have a problem with it. But on the other hand, like on one hand, as a sports fan, I have a problem with it on the hand of just being a human being in this world. I don't like you want to take the day off to celebrate your birthday. Like, I I've done that many times. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I've I've I've, I'm I've, I've called in sick to work 
And and like so I wouldn't have to go to work on my birthday many times. I'm not like I'm not trying to vilify Kyrie for doing that. But on a sports fan side, you ex like you expect these like these these men, these guys to say to be like, oh, like I'm trying to win the chip, whatever. Like you're you're a game back from first place. Like, what are you, a game and a half, maybe a game back from first place um, in the in the East? And and now, with both of you out, you essentially, you're, you're now going to be, what, two games back, maybe three? Like, because the Sixers are, th- the Sixers are surviving without Joel right now. So like you you may fall back even further, and it's like, but so on that end, it's like damn, like y'all just really don't give a fuck. Y'all just here collected checks. It like you as the fan, it like it kind of takes that veil down. Like you as the fan, like you don't bleed this shit like that. Like this is a job to you, which it's fine if it is, you know what I'm saying? Like it's supposed to be. As a fan, that's not what you want to believe. Exactly. As a fan, (laughs) you don't want to believe that. You want to believe that the, you want to believe that the players on the court bleed this shit and they, and they really want it like that. But yeah, but yeah, you know what? And see Mark, and I I have to take a different stance to you because look, man, maybe it's a little bit more near and dear to my heart right now because you know my birthday is tomorrow march 25th is my birthday um mark i might have some neck injuries tomorrow myself so i don't know i might i might have a bad back tomorrow i don't know how this works you know what I'm i don't know what you're saying to me i you're i didn't say i don't my stance is that i i feel it i just like I, I, I'm, I'm just saying, saying it i might I, now now with that said you know what I'm saying because you know i mean i only have like 17 hours of pto you know but if i happen if i just so happen to have enough sick leave maybe my back hurts and when i wake up in the morning i don't know mark but but this is what i'll say yes i understand the fan aspect of this but if if in in all fairness mark i can't i can't get on Kyrie about this without acknowledging that there's a million other players it feels like that have taken days off Specifically, you know what? I'm gonna talk about Popovich right now. I love Popovich, but this is the one thing that bothered me the most about him. He would intentionally, he would intentionally sit his players during a big game against a major opponent that they may see in the playoffs, and it'll be a prime time game televised. Everybody's going to watch it, and he will wait till game day, 30 minutes before tip off, to say that they're not going to play. Okay. Things like with with things like that happening, guys like guys like um, D Wade in the past, LeBron taking days off out of the blue just for rest, whatever they determine is rest. I just feel like these fools are just literally calling out sick from work like we do. You know what I'm saying? Like it's been done so many times. This dude is legitimately just trying to take take days off for his birthday. I've seen people take time off in the NBA for less. So I am definitely not going to have an issue with it. With it. I don't care if I'm a fan and I want to see a certain type of hunger from these players. You know what? Guess what? I, I, and all the time that I served in the military, the reason why I always had so much leave is because I didn't take days off just to take days off, Mark. 
but you know which days that I always took off? You know which days I took off? You yeah. know, my birthday. Either they gave it to me or I took it. You know what I'm saying? Like, either way, that weekend, whatever leading up to that week, I took that off. You know what I'm saying? So just because just because he's taking this time off for his birthday does not mean that the hunger does not exist. And and and, and I understand what you're saying. They one game back. They're probably going to end up three games back. Are these the type of things that we bring up when, with other players when they're trying to get rest before the playoffs? That's my question to you, Mark, because I don't bring it up for other players, so I'm not going to bring it up for Kyrie right now. When other players don't care, and I'm speaking to LeBron, when other players don't care whether they're the one seed or the four seed because they feel like when the playoffs come, I'm going to be ready, do we criticize those players or do we let them go? I let them go. If you criticize some players, then cool. Go ahead and criticize Kyrie right now. But I don't criticize them players when they do that. I don't like it, per se. But you know what? To each his own. Well, yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, and by the way, um, right at, as of this moment, the Nets are getting trounced right now by 30 points by the, by the Jazz. Not a surprise. No, it's not surprising, but, it, you know, it is what it is. Um, Man, the Jazz ain't even in their conference. So I don't know why you worry about this game. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I'm just trying. I'm probably just using the excuses that you're probably gonna hear tomorrow on the broadcast and shit. Like, you know, what I'm saying, you know, first take all this. You, you know, they're not even in the same conference. This game is meaningless, even though it's a prime time game that people probably pay tickets for. Yeah, see Kyrie and all these guys. You know, yeah, but you know, yeah, like, but that, like but I yes, said, <laughs> as the human aspect of it, I feel it. As the yeah. sports fan. That I'm I'm not I'm not happy, and as the and as a sports fan that paid tickets to watch this game, oh I'm pissed. <laughs> so you say Utah? If I'm not mistaken, I'm, I'm Utah's number get, one in the West. I, I don't want to get these teams wrong because I believe Utah's one of the teams. Portland is one of the teams. Who's the third team? Is it Denver? For what? For the games that Kyrie's taking off. Uh. Oh no, Kyrie has taken. Uh, I get where you're going with this. Kyrie has taken off against ev- just about every major opponent they had. That's the. So yes, he does have the excuse of his birthday being in the, in the middle of this, mm-hmm. but it it, it smells kind of Greg Popovich-ish to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what it smells like to me. And they all happen to be West formidable West opponents that you might meet in the. In the finals or some shit. I don't know me. But he gets the benefit of the doubt because his birthday is mixed in there. So yeah. So it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but uh keeping things, excuse me, keeping things in basketball right now. Like we like uh we said that there's a fight for first in the east and west and all that. And um Teams are positioning themselves to uh, pretty much make their runs. And and the trade deadline is tomorrow, 325. And um, basically, I just want to ask you, um, in the final hours, what trades do you expect to see happen or what would you like to see happen from uh 
from any particular team that you have in mind? You know what, Mark? I, I'll be honest with you. I don't care about any team in particular. I don't care about any player in particular except for one. Um, he's a player that I've trashed uh, very deservedly so in the past for many years. Um, but he is he is uh, basically showed up and in, in showed out over the last two or three years. I'm Kyle Lowry, man. Um, the things that are happening right now with the Kyle Raptors, Lowry has been on a five year run of showing out. Like I'm not gonna let you do two to three years. He's been I'm saying five. two to three years because two to three years would include consistency in the playoffs as being the showing out period. So yes, because you can't give me five years of consistency throughout the playoffs. So, but but that's what I mean. Like to to the point. Like it's the difference between him showing up and showing out and him being him being consistently a top five point guard in this league. Mm -hmm. So, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm counting. But with that said, Kyle Lowry, um, he has showed up and showed out. He, he is proven to be um, more of a, more than what people expected him to be. Um, I don't like the situation in, in Toronto for him. I think he he doesn't like it for himself. Yeah. He has outgrown his stay there. And I feel like it's time for him to move on. And all of the destinations that have been rumored that, you know, to be interested in Kyle Lowry are all great places for him to land. But if well, I had to pick. Go ahead. Because because the Clippers, I know there's people that want him to go to the Clippers. No. You know, and that's one of the locations. I know Miami's the other big location. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you. Well, do you want to. According to the Athletic and according to Woj and all them, there's only two destinations that really, that really have a chance of getting him. Are that really it's the two that I just named, right? No, it's the Sixers Ooh. and Miami, Philadelphia. See now, now this is what I'll say: the Sixers, the Sixers would be a good fit just because it's added leadership that they that they could it use. It would be a good fit for a lot of reasons, but continue. But but it could be, yes, but you, but what I'm saying is I like like, yes, it could be a good fit because of injury concerns with Seth Curry. It could be a good fit because at point guard, I like Shake Milton, but it gives you added depth at, at the guard position in general. Um, he's a great leader. He's a guy that takes the duties of point guard away from away from Ben Simmons, which allows Ben Simmons to be effective, more effective offensively, if you ask me. And you know what I'm saying? And it takes away from him being a detriment to the team in the latter quarters of the games, in the playoffs. Like, yes, I get it. I get it. I get it. Do they need him? Yeah. They do not need him as much as Miami needs him, and they don't need him as much. Miami has like 16 guards on their team. Like, why the fuck do they need another guard? I understand what you're saying, Mark. <laughs> so, like, what are we talking about? They don't the have one, a need for another the guard. One, the one true point guard that they have is always hurt. But Dragic is always hurt. But besides that, besides that, Clippers need him more than anybody else. The Clippers they're not going to absolutely get him. need him. And that's where I would like to see him go, Mark, only because 
I would like to see the Clippers as a balanced team, um, as a more balanced team. And I want to see, I really, it's just out of curiosity. I want to see if inserting Kyle Lowry into that situation can fix the deficiencies that I see with the team. I believe that it can. I believe it's a much-needed much needed personality on the team more than just his point guard skills. So that's, that's what I see is the need is for the Clippers. To be honest, I like the young core that Miami has. I don't want to see him there really. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, I would love to see him there just because, you know, seeing him play with Jimmy Butler would just be something that I would like to see. Well, they're, you know, they're, selfish they're, reasons, but they don't need him. Yeah, they don't need him, and they're but they're very close friends. And I will say this: uh, the Heat have, are turning their season around. They are like currently in fourth or fifth place, or some somewhere around that realm. Um, and in turning their season around, like there's rumors that uh, Lamarcus Aldridge will be headed to Miami, and uh, if they take if they get Aldridge him and Lowry, you like there now the East is actually in a race with yep. the top four teams. Okay, well like, let me put it this way. Race with, uh, for the top four teams. Well let's let's talk about that for a second here because I didn't want to get into Lamarcus Aldridge because I feel like there's not a lot of places that he fits. But you put him in a in a place like that where he doesn't have to be the guy. And you put him, you know what I mean? Like, because that's what he needs. He needs a place where he doesn't have to be the guy. He reminds me of Rasheed Wallace when it comes to his personality. People always looked at Rasheed Wallace as being this big personality, but in the locker room, he's the quiet guy. He doesn't want to, he's not the leader. He's the quiet guy. He shows up to work. He just does what he does. His personality shows out on the court, but he just he just showed up to work. He didn't want to be the leader. You know what I'm saying? That's the mm-hmm. one knock I had on uh Rasheed Wallace for the entirety of his career. Once I realized that LaMarcus Aldridge is that type of guy, I lowered my expectations for what I expect from him. So LaMarcus Aldridge is a guy, Aldridge is a guy that he absolutely has to be the second or third option. And you put him on this Miami team, even without Lowry being there, I think that, you know, it becomes a problem. I think you put him on that team with Kyle no, Lowry. Yeah. But you, you put him on, you, let me say this to me. You put him on a team with Kyle Lowry, it's going to be something reminiscent of what we saw with the um, 2001 Portland Trailblazers. Depth at every position. The bench is going to come in and give you what the starters can give you. And a lot of teams don't have that type of setup in the East. A lot of teams don't have that setup in the West. You know what I'm saying? A lot of teams just don't have that setup. And that would, that to me, if they, I mean, I don't think they're going to get both. If they were able to acquire both Mark I would, considering the injury situation with the Lakers, um, the 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 um, the lack of having all three guys on the court at the same time with the Nets, all those other issues with these all, all these other teams. If it, you know, considering all that, if they get Lowry and and, and uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, I would consider them to be their favorites for me on out immediately. So. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't particularly want that to happen, <laughs> but I will watch that. No, but listen, for that reason, uh, for the for that reason, 
Um, the team I would like to see a move make a move is the Sixers. Because the Sixers, even as currently built, they've shown you that they will compete against anyone. Um, simply because I mean Pat to me because I saw this coming, like you know, since the beginning. But um, you know, these guys they will compete against anyone off of defense. Like they're not they're not putting up 120. <laughs> they're they're not putting yeah. up 120 or nothing like that. But what they're doing is they're making sure you don't put up 120. Like, oh, you used to putting up 120? Try this 99 on and see if you can beat us. Like, we'll put up 109 or we'll put up 105. Let's see what you do when you can't when you're not allowed to score 120 at will or anything like that. Like, I mean, they lost that Milwaukee game, but like that's Giannis had an outrageous, outrageous third quarter. You know what I'm saying? Like he had he had an outrageous third quarter, and that still went into OT. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's it still took more time for you to win that out. Like, so like you can't you can't battle against the Sixers like that every night. But the problem with that is if a team like Miami gets defensive help, now they're starting to even the playing field with uh, uh, with the Sixers. And the Sixers, even though, like I said, they can compete with anyone, and they, it's just you're, instead of it becoming – instead of it being a 65-35 chance that the Sixers beat the Heat or a 60-40 chance that the Sixers beat the Heat, when you add LaMarcus Aldridge to the Heat, now or you're, it's get, that, that realm gets closer. It, get, it gets closer, and you want, you want to keep that space. So with that, me um, – I would like to see the Sixers get Victor Oladipo. Um, I just want to see Oladipo go anywhere where he has a to, chance to a competitive win. team. Yeah, yeah. Like, but I would, but I would like to see the Sixers get Victor Oladipo. Reason being is because right now they're talking about the uh, Houston can't get more than a second round pick for him. Well, look, guess who doesn't have any use for their first round picks? Uh, at least for at least, <laughs> at least for next year. Yeah. Um, the Sixers. The Sixers don't have a use for their first round pick next year, especially if you add Victor Oladipo. Like, I don't give a shit about that pick. Here, take it. Like, I got Tobias. <laughs> I got Tobias. I got Ben, and I got Joel Embiid. Fuck that first round pick. Like, especially if you're giving me Victor, I got four. I got four young people that will definitely still be performing on that level. God willing, barring injury, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that first round pick, I'm not looking to build the future because I still have five years of at least three to five years of this level of performance from the players that are already on my roster. So, so I would, I would give that first round pick up. Oh, you want shake Milton? Take him. You here, Mike Scott to fit to figure out the money, take them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can have you can have Tyrese Maxey too. Like, you could do that and like do whatever you have to. 
And so I would like to see them add Victor Oladipo. And this is in this part of it, I heard on the radio. And I would like, and I think that'll be dope. But to fix whatever depth issue that you pick up from adding Victor by giving away whatever, however, whatever players you had to give up, pick up IT off of a pick up IT off a team off a team USA. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? IT wants back into the league. IT is apparently healthy enough to play. And we know what his past production is. Like if he's any, if he has anything, just a fraction. You don't even need. His, yeah, yeah. If he has a fraction of what his past production is, then you want him on your team. And with someone like it, even with someone like Victor Oladipo, Victor doesn't play the strongest of defenses, but he he's a willing body to play defense. Yeah, he play he plays with effort, with high effort on both exactly. ends of the floor, no matter what you know. So exactly. Exactly, and then you add somebody like IT who plays defense or play play defense in the past, then you are not you're still not losing your identity. You're not. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Uh, he tried to play defense in the past, Mark. Yes. You know what? I'm not gonna let you get away with I'm, trying no, to no, make understand. IT out to be a defender. Now. No, I'm not gonna. No, no, didn't sit well with me. Understand? <laughs> excuse me. I'm not saying he was he a was willing before. defender. He was a willing. Okay, okay. Here we go. A willing defender. Okay, here we go. That's good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he was a willing defender. He wasn't let. He wasn't allowing you to blow by him. Like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like he was. A, so, essentially, what I'm saying is, you don't lose your identity by adding these players. Okay. Like yeah. and that's that's important. Yeah, it's very important. Like you don't you don't lose the team identity by adding these players because what has uh, Joel Embiid's injury has shown that this team will not lose their identity like they like their uh, excuse me that their identity isn't just behind Joel Embiid their identity is in their defense and it's in. And that's how they are winning games is their defense shows up. Tobias shows up when he needs to. And like, so they'll, they'll keep you on their level to where they're still competing. And like, so it's just, it's better to have another scorer, like another, like a guy that can score at will. Like, even though Tobias has stepped up this year, you don't know when that's going to fall off. Victor Oladipo is more of a scorer than Tobias Harris. So you can, like, that's somebody else you can rely on should something happen to Joel and B. Because right now, your window is now. So you don't want to just let your window pass you. So I would be looking for them to add Victor. Um, If not Victor, if not Victor, bring Kyle Lowry home. Bring him home. That and that's and that's pretty much it. I mean, Kyle Lowry speaks speaks for himself. The only issue with Kyle Lowry is I'm not willing to give up as much for Kyle Lowry as I am for Victor because Kyle Lowry is older. Like we don't know when the wheels will fall off, and he's looking for a two year deal for after this. Like 
this may be his last year of being of being dope. Who knows? Like I, I don't mean, think so. I don't think so neither. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? When a player is 35, you don't know. Like you don't. That is true. Well, well, well. I'm not even gonna say you don't know. When a player is 35, they're literally one injury away, and we've right. seen that with too many careers, Mark. We've seen it when you get older. We've seen it with Chauncey Billups. We've seen it with um, we've seen it with Kobe. Like it's li- even with the most, even with the great, some of the greatest. It doesn't matter. Once you reach that age, you're one injury away from not being the same player. Not not just not being the same player. You're one injury away from being a bench player. <laughs> is what I will say. Yeah, you're you're an injury away from being bench player talent. Is 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 what it really is. So. Yeah, I feel you. Now, speaking of injuries, I wasn't even going to bring this up, but you reminded me. I believe this is LeBron's first major injury where he's missing time due to in like doing due to real injury. Well, out outside of his first year with the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is like well, like I it's mean, it's, it's I still feel crazy. Like- but I feel as though that first year with the Lakers was him like, we obviously ain't going to do shit. So, well, remember now when he when he got injured, they were in second place. They were in second place when he got injured, and then it started to go down. Maybe you feel like he stayed out longer than he should have because, but um, but but honestly, nah, like this is this is this will be the second injury that has him out for any considerable amount of time, but it's starting to show that this man is human. But go figure, Mark. Mm. Human means he rolls his ankle and he gets a high ankle sprain. Not to not to just, like, downplay the seriousness of a high ankle sprain because I've had one before. It's not fun. But most players, they get an injury and it's like, oh, my Achilles, oh, my ACL. Oh, I got uh, you have uh, Allen Iverson with the elbow bursitis for like 20 years. You have, you know what I mean? Like this right. is an injury that he can, that there's usually a definite timeline on this. Like it ain't going to run longer than the longest amount of time that they're going to prescribe. Um, he's um, it's a full, it's, it's an injury that you can fully recover from and it'll be like nothing ever happened. You know, of course, he hits the he hits the injury jackpot, basically, Mark here, with a you know, with a with a four four to eight week injury is what they are calling it. Um, his him his staff and him himself, they're looking. He's looking to try to force his way back after two weeks. I guess he's looking at it with the importance of you know, finishing in, in a high seed because he knows this ain't the East. Um, so I, I don't, I don't think, I don't particularly think he should try to force his way back that quickly. Um, he ain't T.O. He ain't sleeping in the hyperbolic chamber. Um, he ain't Goku. You know what I'm saying? He ain't in the time capsule. Um, but I, you know what I mean? Like, I I, I don't know, but um, he, um, he clearly needs to, um, I think he needs to take his time with this injury. But all in all, it's a high ankle sprain. It's one of those things that there's not very many question marks about, and he'll be back. Yeah, I, but the injuries are adding up, it seems. 
Yeah, oh, he's human, Bob. That's two. That's two out of the last three seasons, Mark. That he's caught a little injury, you know. Yeah, like yeah, uh, it's definitely starting to you're starting to see the human aspect of LeBron. Like now, this is what I'll tell. I guess uh, here, real, real quick. Sorry to cut you off. Here's my question to you, man. He's been playing every game, a lot of minutes. Yes, yes. Do you feel like he should slow down? Um, I think this injury told him you should slow down. <laughs> His but it's like, yo, if you don't slow down, your body's gonna tell you. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like so, like I think this injury told him you should slow down. So, I mean, people try to put a lot of it on the person putting their leg under him and all that, blah blah blah. I I get it, but I've seen I, a lot of intentional shit. Yeah. This is no Zaza Pachulia. Exactly. You know like, this this is, ain't no this Hitman Pachulia. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this ain't no Bruce Bowen Kobe situation. You know what I mean? Like, this yeah. ain't no Robert Ori Steve Nash situation. Like, exactly. <laughs> there's so many blatant examples out there in the NBA. You know, uh, Kelly Olenek, Kelly, yeah. Kevin Love situation. Like, this ain't that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, this ain't like, that. He went aggressively after the ball. Yes, maybe he thought there was a chance that there would be a lot of physical contact while diving for the ball, but the man was clearly just diving for the ball and trying to get a really good hustle play. Yes, he can't dive for the ball and make the hustle play while gingerly, you know, considering the health of of the player he's trying to dive, you know, fight for, you know, fight for the ball against. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is just one of those plays that happens when you got a, a player with a little bit of heart trying to make a play yeah essentially um so yeah moving so again moving right along and into the last aspect of the evening man uh we can't not talk about it uh going here now because you know we are here now there are 16 six damn it was 14 today when i checked earlier this morning is there 16 now? 16 allegations uh, against uh, Deshaun Watson, I, be- I believe. Um, this is where my conspiracy theory brain goes bananas. Mm. <laughs> my conspiracy, like, Sean, let's just be like, uh, let's just be honest here. I'm going to say this. Every, uh, um, Get this disclaimer out the way, and I hope you people are listening, and I hope you listen well. Every allegation that is that is levied against anyone should be taken seriously. You should you should not just automatically dismiss the allegation. You should be you should look into it to to the highest extent that you are possibly able to. And you should um, and you should vet every situation as much as you as much as you possibly can. With that being said, I am not of the belief. I can't speak for Sean. Sean will speak for himself, but I am not of the belief that women or men or anyone just because they just because they uh, levied a sexual assault claim should automatically be believed. I believe that everyone deserves 
the right to be able, the right to not be dismissed and not be laughed out the room or to not be taken seriously. I believe everybody should be taken seriously, but I do not believe that everyone should automatically be believed. You should vet the situation and figure out what's actually going on. Whether the guy, whether the person that is being uh, essentially, whether the person that's being alleged is, is guilty or whether or not they're innocent, you should figure that out. But no one should automatically be believed. Sean, how do you feel about that? Oh, man, real quick. Yeah, um, nobody should automatically be believed and nobody should automatically be dismissed. Um, both parties should be vetted for the accuracy of their accounts and the truthfulness of their accounts. Um, both parties should be vetted equally, the equal amount, you know what I mean? And, um, and, and personally, Mark, to me, um, I've had, I've had people in my family be victims and I've had very close friends, um, lose some things, uh, um, lose things that they couldn't get back as far as their career, their livelihood and, and certain things because of false accusations. So I've seen, I've seen it on both sides to where false accusations have ruined people and to where just being the victim in these types of situations have ruined people. So I've seen both sides of it, Mark, and it's ugly. So for me, um, I've been affected just being close to these people um, by a lack of due diligence being done on both parties. So I am a fan of due diligence. <laughs> so that's what I did. That's what, I, that's what I've been doing, Mark. I've been doing a little bit of due diligence on this situation, you know. So uh, I don't know. You want to you go ahead and start it off? But, yes, I agree full, full, fully with what Mark said. Everybody should be given a chance to, to speak their side and be heard. But at the same time, nobody should automatically be believed on either side. Yeah. What you got? All right. So with that being said, um, 16 women have a 16 or 14 have alleged against um against the Sean Watson. Um the amount of women that are coming out is a red flag. It's a red flag against the Sean because that's a lot of people. Now but that's also but it's a red flag in my opinion. It's a red flag that we can take us both ways like this dude is suddenly a serial rapist. Like he has, like, it's not like, like he just became a serial rapist in like the last year and a half from out of nowhere. Like, because like, it's not like people from his college are coming out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, real quick, just, just so people, if people don't understand, um, if I'm not mistaken, Mark, all of these allegations are from sometime in 2020 and beyond. These yes. are all recent Yes, allegations. There's nobody coming out and saying he did this to me in 2016. Exactly. He's trying to get at. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. No, like he, no allegation is from 
like back in his college days or high school or anything like that. So it's a so the uh, the number of allegations is alarming against Deshaun but when you look at the time scale of the allegations it's like so this dude just in 2020 got did he get COVID and all of a sudden become a serial rapist like what is going on like how does that how does that work like um usually with 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 these type of situations or like with what you read about there's a ser- there there's a history of behavior like you know what i'm saying like when something comes out it's somebody from years past that it also happened that it happened to and they reported after this person reported it recently and so forth and so forth that hasn't happened here at least not yet no um so um so that's one thing and then another thing is that all of these women no one ha- has decided to uh, make their names public. No one wants to wear this uh, wear this publicly out of all 14. All of them are Jane Doe's. Uh, and that's their right. And that's their right given the case and all that. Um, but it's also a little weird. Uh, it's also a bit of a flag for me because in these situations in the past you see the like you can always you know the person name you know who it is and uh whether they're just a person off the street but you know who they are their name because they have a face and they and like they are who they are and so like there's a they have an identity and part of me like i said this is conspiracy theory brain I feel like if you sitting out here lying and stuff, maybe you don't want people to know who you are. <laughs> like maybe if you just throwing out random suits, maybe you don't want people just mm-hmm. knowing who you are. Um, another flag for me is the lawyer in which that is representing these women. Tony Busby, um, he is not... He, he has been reported as uh, one of the people that are not, that is not of the highest uh, moral character. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, he has also have been uh, reported as being uh, friends or at least uh, of close acquaintance to the Houston Texans owner, Kyle McNair, who is currently on the outs with Deshaun Watson and has referred to players as inmates um, in the past. And I know one thing for sure is that if I considered you an inmate, I damn sure wouldn't want you telling me where where you will and won't play. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> and so, uh, again... Well, let's just be, let's be clear. He's made it very clear about how he feels about the power structure uh, and the way the power structure should be uh, um, in the NFL, as far as being an NFL owner, he's be, he's made that he's made his opinion clear from his own words. Right. So. He, he's made that very clear. Um, so 
so my conspiracy theory brain tends to lead me to this like oh this may be very well may be a smear campaign against Deshaun Watson for crossing the owner um that's that's just one possibility that's in my head another thing about Tony Busby is that he has been accused and um and they kind of and I, I guess they kind of proved it that he was creating deep fake videos against his opponent uh, when he was running for mayor of Houston. So, so the wow. current mayor, so the current, he was running deep fake videos against the current mayor of Houston, essentially. Um, so, and so like, that's another red flag. If you were willing to make deep fake videos back then, I'm pretty sure you could find some people to, to lie or say some shit now. Um, another red flag for me is that Tony Busby on the first, when he first came out, he said that with this information about this lawsuit, he said that he has been in contact with the Houston PD. Houston PD immediately said, well, not immediately, like two, three days later, they said, I don't know what the hell you talk about. Nobody's talked to us. Nobody's come to us. And that's another red flag for me that there is no criminal charges filed against Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I was going to say, let me be specific. They said uh, Houston PD is unaware of any contact uh, that Bisbee may have made with the Houston PD in regards to these matters. Like, he's out here saying he talked to us. We don't have any record of him talking to us. Right. Like, we're not calling him a liar. We're just saying that he's saying he talked to us and we don't have any record of him ever speaking to us. Take with it, take from it what you will. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. You know, and then he has, and then you also look at the fact that um, a lot of these times with uh, these civil cases, they're saying this is a civil case and these women are filing, they are suing for $500 each apparently and if that's the case like if you're just like oh we're just found like we're just looking for justice served or whatever then why aren't you filing for a criminal case why is there why are you doing a civil case because a civil case he let's say he pays all 14 women so so what are we talking about seven thousand dollars so so he pays it. So he pays you, he pays you the seven thousand or eight thousand dollars, and he's still on the streets because this was a civil case, not a criminal case. So what? What's the point of that? You you don't give a fuck about whether or not he's allowed to continue doing what he's doing. Exactly. <laughs> you just want him to lose his job and lose a little bit of money. Exactly. I, I just you know. It, I, you know, like, <laughs> sorry, Mark. I can't. I, it's not a funny situation, but it's ridiculous that that is something that is obvious about this. If you really cared about the victims and you really cared about the situation, and you would care to to protect future victims, right? And by only doing a civil case, you're not protecting future victims. But remember, Mark, 
He said he has plans on doing a criminal case. Ooh. Obviously, he has the he has the benefit of the doubt right now because he's saying he's going to do it after the after the uh, civil case. So essentially, <laughs> what he's trying to do is what essentially what he's trying to do is win the court of public opinion. Absolutely, and then and then take and then wants to take him to criminal trial or supposedly wants to take him to criminal trial, but that as you can see, red flag. Very, it's a big red flag here. Um, another thing is another red flag here is that uh, I mean, this is just this could just be hearsay from Deshaun Watson to be very fair, but he says that he was uh, that he was contacted by the very first victim for thirty five for thirty thousand um, dollars. For, for uh, what? What did he say? Uh... Um, she said either infinite silence or something like that. Basically, yeah. I'll shut my mouth for the rest of my life if you pay me thirty thousand dollars. I'll never speak. She was proposing her own non-disclosure agreement right. with him for thirty thousand dollars, and if I'm not mistaken, they declined. Correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, Deshaun Watson vehemently declined. Said he's never. Like he's never assaulted a woman or anything like that, blah, uh, you know. And he, like, he yeah. was very damning in his, uh, in his, in him de uh, declining, and in yeah, his and response. In his response, he has been very damning. Another red flag. Let me uh, uh, real quick, Mark. Some would call that extortion, Mark. Yes. I'm just gonna throw that out there, but continue. Another red flag for me, um, and this is from this is from um, NBC, uh, but oh, in this so, so my bad, my bad, real, real quick. I have to make it very clear because you forgot to mention this part. Neither neither one of us said she wanted thirty thousand dollars to keep quiet about sexual relations with him that right. she herself considered to be consensual. Right. That is important. She herself considered to be consensual. All right, my bad. Continue. Listen, it says in this, it says I'm going to I'm going to state this and then I'm going to uh, share my thoughts about it. You let me know how you feel about it. Okay, okay. All right, actually I might ask you what does it sound like to you before I say something? Because this says right here, um uh, it says one of the women said Watson behaved inappropriately towards her twice during sessions in June and then again in August 17. August 17, her lawsuit stated. This says Watson is in the sex trade. He needs to be stopped, according to the lawsuit alleging an incident on August 2nd. One woman alleged that in July, Watson contacted her about massage work even though her specialty was in teeth whitening and sauna detox. This is according to the lawsuit. She nonetheless agreed to massage for Watson, who ejaculated her on her, uh, the civil complaint claims. The woman felt violated, disgusted, and ashamed, and immediately called her friend after a massage to tell her what happened because she was in shock. 
This is what but this is all what Busby wrote. Watson also reached this is important to hear. Watson also reached out to an esthetician for a massage. Um esthetician is the people that do the nails and shit, right? Mm-hmm. Not massage therapists. Massage therapy, by the way, like massage therapy to be a licensed massage therapist in America. Like to well, in order to perform massage in America, you are required to have a license. That's one. A license in order to get a license in America, you have to go through nine months and a full school, like to to be able to to be able to massage anywhere in the Americas. You have to have at least twelve hundred hours um, of massage therapy. You get 900 hours from school. So, so, like, so that means you, like, so in New York and Hawaii, like, basically, you come out of school in most schools, you'll be able to massage anywhere in America except for New York and Hawaii. Got it. You know what I'm saying? And And you would basically have to be working on the outside. And then you'll be able to massage. But in general, you have to at least go to school. Yes, but you have to go to school. And yeah. you and not only do you have to go to school, but you have to take a massive test that's like 300, 400 questions. All this stuff. Like, there's a lot that goes into being a massage therapist. Like, it's a real thing. Like, you know what I mean? It's not just people just picking it up, saying, oh, I'm going to give somebody a massage. No. You know this because my background is in massage therapy. Or what one of my backgrounds is in massage therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've also, trades. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um but I go I'll go on to say this because it says Watson also reached out to an esthetician for a massage session in on April 19th. And even though she wasn't trained for the work, the uh she agreed. Uh the suit alleged that Watson touched her hand with his penis and shortly after Watson ejaculated, leaving the woman confused and mortified. So, so what do you think about that, Sean? Deshaun Watson is contacting women that are, their profession is not massage therapy. They are estheticians. They are, uh, te- they are teeth whitening and sauna detox people. They may be CNAs. They may be all these other things, but a lot of these women aren't actually massage therapists. What's your thoughts on that? Look, man, I'm really, Mark, I'm trying not to make any jokes, you know, to try to lighten up the situation, you know, because I, I want people to understand that I'm taking this shit serious. I was going to say it sounded like they got flued out. But I'm not going to take it there. Um, what I will say is this. It sounds like there was an arrangement. Is- a consensual arrangement is what it sounds like. You know, if, 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 if he's telling you that he's asking you for a massage and that's not what you do, and he's saying, hey, I want you to give me a professional massage. And that's not what you do. That's obviously code for something, okay? And if you agree to it, that means you understand what the code is, right? right? 
let's let's just let's just put it let's let's put it that way, man. Like you obviously understand what I'm asking for. If you do teeth whitening and I say, hey man, come through, give me a massage, and you say, okay. Yeah. So, like there's clearly some type of agreement and there's some type of understanding of the terminology being used in code here. So so it's consensual. Like like yeah, like if your if your response isn't yo, I whiten teeth, what the fuck are you talking about a massage? If that's not your response, then clearly you know what's going on here. It's something consensual, something that you understand. Um at least the part that, that would I have, be the assumption. Yeah, that would be the assumption. The part that I have a, the part that I have a hard time believing is the, you know, hey, I, he asked for massage. He, he placed my hand on his penis. He ejaculated. Oh, oh man, I'm disgusted. Like, okay, man, that mark right there is sexual assault. And the thing about sexual assault victims usually is they're afraid to come forth because it's an embarrassing situation for them. And usually they don't wanna speak freely about those things, you know, because they're afraid that people are gonna say, yo, you asked for it or you deserved it, or, you know what I'm saying? You brought this on yourself. And that's usually the case, right? But all in all, the one thing that's in common with these sexual, with sexual assault victims is they all want some type of, um, correction to happen for what they've been through um and they usually typically don't want anybody else to go through what they went through so not only do i think like if they were if these females were genuine and you know and and what was said actually happened there would have been individual criminal lawsuits filed this isn't a domestic situation where it's date rape or it's somebody you know and it's a family member it's a literally it was a one-time three thing you're telling me and you were immediately disgusted you immediately said something to them it's not a situation where you were afraid to say something so if you were going to say something you would have said something to the police at that moment you would have you know what i'm saying that's speculation so you know what mark sorry but i'm gonna dig into the facts of this and the fact is that everybody's choosing to remain anonymous in the civil lawsuit. I looked up some Texas law here, Mark, and what it says is that um, there was a there was a law passed in 2019 that states that sexual assault victims have the right to remain anonymous in a criminal case. It's something that just passed in 2019. They have the they have the choice to remain anonymous within a criminal case. So they don't have you can't use the, the 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 veil of oh well they want to keep their anonymity so that's why we're doing a civil case they could keep their anonymity during a criminal case so everything that they're doing right now as far as protecting the victims they can do that in a criminal case mark and that's where this entire thing starts to fall apart for me is if you if you if it if the anonymity is for the protection of the victims then and if you really care that this dude is out here violating people if that's what you're saying if he's doing everything that you're accusing him of doing then are you not um being an enabler are you not doing the public a disservice by not going after a criminal case all this evidence 
that they're saying that they have is all recent, Mark. It's all like if you have the, like a lot of the cases that fall through is because of recency. It's not recent enough. People are bringing up stuff from 25 years ago. Everything is recent, Mark. You're saying you have all these people that will testify. They can testify and present evidence on behalf of the victim without the victim even showing up to court. Right. They can be questioned and keep they can be questioned and keep their anonymity without ever having to see the accused the, the accused during the course of a trial. They have those rights in Texas. So they don't they might not have those rights in every state, but they have those rights in Texas. And that's where it would be going to court at. So I guess my question to you and the public is if if they were able to keep their anonymity in a criminal case and they're able to do everything that they're doing right now for the victims, so to speak, uh, in a civil case, if they're able to do all that in a, in a criminal case, then why are they not pursuing a criminal case? Like I said, Mark, that's where it falls apart for me. Yeah. Oh, um, here's a little bit more food for thought. Um, in the midst of everything that's going on, there is someone that has come out to be somewhat of a character witness for Deshaun Watson. There is an Instagram model that goes by the name at lovely Lala. And that's La with two A's, La with three A's. <laughs> so, and she, and she calls herself a West Coast professional nightlife enthusiast. And she fired off a tweet uh, saying she had several, she had encounters, several encounters with Houston Texans quarterback and things never got weird. She said, I can say this. I've given Deshaun Watson several massages and not once did it turn sexual or he become aroused. Always professional and great conversations, Lala tweeted. Now, here's the thing. Now, now I'm going to give my, my point of view. Go for it. All right. So the truth is somewhere between what Lala is saying and somewhere between what these women are saying. And now if you merge the two, you, this is where I find my answer. He is finding Instagram models or beautiful women on Instagram, hitting them up. Yo, come come give me a massage. You know, I'm pretty sure if you check some of these women, they probably have OnlyFans accounts. And so, you know, and he's saying, come give me a massage. Do, not for one second do I believe that he's never had a sexual encounter with the lovely Lala. I believe <laughs> a thousand yeah. percent has had a sexual encounter with the lovely Lala. And yeah. I believe he's probably had a sexual encounter with all these women as well. But I also believe that it probably was of the, I also like based on what is being presented at the moment is, is essentially it's the, it's that it's the things that happens amongst celebrities, like Instagram models get flown out. Like they get, they get flown out or they come or they come through and and they and you keep the Instagram model around because it's not you you're not maintaining a girlfriend and you expect them to keep uh 
keep things professional. Yeah. So, which which I mean? entails usually uh, compensating them for their hotel stay, um, uh, ensuring that they are you know they don't have to worry about anything financially while they're visiting. You know, right? These are things that are just kind of you know expected, I guess you you could say. Right, because one accuser of Deshaun Watson was flown out from Atlanta to to um, to Houston, and and she also is not a professional massage therapist. So that so essentially, what we're what it sounds like is that these are Instagram models that are getting flown out and. And things and things go down or whatever, and in order to, in order to shame, in order to shame uh, Deshaun or to, in order to get him, they was like, "Yo, grab up all the women." Like we know what he gets into because we like we know what he gets into because we're the owners and he's our star quarterback. The same way that the Houston. Houston Rockets knew exactly what uh, James Harden was getting into every weekend and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they know what he gets into. And they was like, yo, grab up all the women you can from his from the last year. and The ones that are willing to, to do this. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet there's like 50 more, but exactly. these are the ones that are willing to do the dirt. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, and, like, people are like, 14 is a lot of women, this, that, and the third. I'm like, well, it ain't that much. Not no. I asked Magic Johnson. I Magic Johnson and uh, Wilt Chamberlain how they what they were knocking down in a matter of a year. Yeah, like so. the numbers were outrageous. But listen, it all sounds fishy to me, honestly. And well, I was gonna say here's some more important. Here's another important detail. So, um, the female that was that that tried to um, ask for the $30,000, it was said, I guess, from her, for her own situation, I guess from her mouth, I got to look into it, but it was said that she was upset that he gave her $300 for her birthday. That's what triggered the, um, her want to go after him for the 30,000 to keep quiet was because she felt like it was, she felt disrespected he gave her $300 for her birthday. So make let's make that clear. Even though that's somebody who has come after him, that is a situation that plays in his favor. Now, um, it, it plays in support of what he's trying to do in defending himself. Now, the big, the big thing that I've noticed is that now that all this information, now that he's doing all these denials and all this, this stuff's coming out, it's almost like um, Bisbee's playing chess. He set this out, hey man, we're just going to accuse you of some wild shit. You're going to come out here and deny it. You're going to do all these things. They knew about, they must have known about the girl asking for $30,000 because they waited for that card to be played. The second that card was played, the very next re- next response by Bisbee was, look, he's saying, like, he's trying to use her, but what she told us is that he was giving out, he started giving out non-disclosure agreements you know what I'm saying? Because of that first situation, and now they have a girl, they have one of the females, I'm not going to say girl, one of the women was 
you know, confirms that he was off, he offered her a non-disclosure agreement and, you know, proposed a non-disclosure agreement saying, you know, that, you know, sign this, don't say nothing. Like we're going to, you know, we, we're going to do whatever we do, but don't say nothing. And she refused to sign. Um, so I'm like, so y'all clearly knew about the non-disclosure agreements. And then the very next statement that you make is that he's in the sex trade. So if you're saying that you knew about the non-disclosure agreements, you're saying that he's in the sex trade. So you, you basically put the bait out there by accusing him of just being rapist, basically, just so you could get to the point where you can really get your real accusation out there, which is the sex trade. Because now what you're really trying to prove is that he's paying for sex. And you know, yeah. right now, Mark is a hot button topic in the country with human trafficking and things of that nature. But so, see, here's the thing about that: if your real thing is saying, "Oh, he's like you want to get it out there that he's paying for sex," um, this isn't sex trade. What he's doing isn't yeah. sex trade shit. It is. He's not going to a massage parlor and and getting and getting somebody that works there or like you know what i'm saying he's not getting a rub and tug from an asian house or something like that or going to some seedy location no these are women that walk around every day right if if this is real like if this is the case then he is going around to women that walk around every day and and he's saying and and getting them and and this is a consensual transaction between first parties see if that's the case but this here's the details when they accuse him of the sex trade and then talk about the non-disclosure agreements they made it bisbee made sure he put it in there and said he's offering the non-disclosure sometimes before but sometimes after. So basically he's trying to paint a picture that sometimes he's offering it before, but they need to say that because the one girl said he offered it before and she declined it and then she just didn't do nothing with them. But the ones that he's talking about after, he's trying to make it seem like he violated them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the girl saying like, I don't know what happened, he ejaculated on me, I got weirded out. And then she's she's trying to basically paint this picture that after that happened, after he violated her in that way, now he's offering her a non-disclosure agreement, saying, "Yo, I need you to sign this." See, that's the picture he's trying to paint. So, um, we'll see how this will how this all falls out, but clearly, the the evidence that they have is more towards him offering them money for sex than it is of him actually. Um, assaulting them, and in he ba- it seems as though because I mean regardless of what you think, it's a civil suit. A civil suit means you're after public ret- retribution and money. That's the only thing that you can get from a civil suit. So they're trying to make sure that his image gets tainted, whether it's rightfully so or not. They want to make sure that his image is painted in a certain light other than what it already is right now. And they want to make sure that the victims get paid. 
So whether they're actual victims or not, I don't know. But that's the most that can happen from this is his image can change in a negative way and that he could be short some money. So that's clearly the lawyer's intentions. He has no intentions of trying to keep a rapist off the streets, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's I mean, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. That's all I got, man. Listen, I, I feel like we touched on everything. Yeah, I feel, I feel like, like I feel like we presented the facts as much as we could. Yeah, yeah I pre- like <laughs> I presented as much as I could. Um, my speculation is my speculation is that these are just women that, um, that were our Instagram models that. That are that are getting by doing that, and you know, looking for a come up. So, in but maybe I was gonna say maybe I'm wrong, but if somebody is willing to take money for sex, I would imagine that it's a little bit easier to take money for not having sex. <laughs> and I feel like they were promised, or yeah, I'm gonna say promised. I feel like a lawyer came to them promise the payday if anything we win the civil suit if not he settles out of court you guys you guys get paid anyway when somebody's offering a payday it's a little bit easier to get people on board yeah yeah <laughs> man um and and maybe I'll put, and maybe if i'm getting a payday from elsewhere from elsewhere from somebody else from an unknown wire off the Cayman somewhere, maybe. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe if I'm getting that type of wire transfer or something, maybe that's why I only follow Civil Suit for $500. Oh. <laughs> Five, and that's, that is key. $500 is ridiculous. Yeah. So, may, so maybe... I give you that right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe that's why I'll follow Civil Suit for only $500. Uh because, hey, I'm getting paid from a wiretap. <laughs> oh God! All right, you know what I'm saying? But, but no, and all, but outside of that, in all honesty, man, um, the whole thing is messy. I, I would much rather believe. I would much rather this not be real. And then know that Deshaun Watson is is a rapist. But I would much rather this whole thing not exist than have fourteen women do this or uh, or, or like people trying to uh, shame his. Yeah, I don't want to believe that either is true. Or it being true. Yeah, I don't want to believe that either thing is true. I don't want right. to believe that he's out here just wilding out, and I don't want to believe that somebody would have such malicious intent that they would go to this links to, to tarnish somebody but unfortunately sean you know, this is one of them has to be true or the truth has sean, to lie somewhere in the middle unfortunately sean this has happened two times in the past that i can remember this happened to a kid in 2018 uh he was a lifeguard and at his school just because of a, like a group of mean girls didn't like him they they accused him of sexual assault and rape and all that, and it was like a group of five girls or whatever. And he's he had to deal with all that. He like he went to he was arrested for it and everything, and he was found not guilty. And the 
in the school, like the school and the judge dismissed the case because there's no precedent for false ac- accusations. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. like, so you can't arrest somebody for a false accusation. Like, um, yeah. and then, and there's another case just like that where, um, and I can't, I can't find the kid's name, and if I do, I will bring it I back. I know. Up. I think I know who you're talking about, but continue. But yeah, f- he did five years in prison. This kid did five years in prison. Similar situation. Uh, it was high school girls or whatever that a large group of high school girls that accused him of rape, um, and he did. And he was in jail for at least five. It might have been five or ten years or something like that that he actually did in prison. And the way that they found out that he was not guilty was uh, it was like a private investigator uh, had one of the girls in the group and like there was group chat, group chat. And then they got the, essentially he got the information uh, through a group from a group chat or group text and that where they would, where they admitted to setting the guy up. And he did time in prison for something that didn't happen. Yeah, because I, I was just going to say, um, I forgot, what's his name? Sean Oakman, Baylor defensive end, man. Who was, yeah. Who people, yeah, he was one of the guys that got, who got hit up with the same thing. 2016, it says, you know, he didn't get cleared of his charges until he didn't get found not guilty of that until I want to say, 2019. No, but that was a single accuser. Yes, that was a single accuser. Yes, but I mean these, I mean, just in general the timeline of somebody being falsely accused of rape can span for years and that's years where you say like there's no recourse for false accusations. You just missed out on four years of your life, five years of your life and that's shit that you can't get back. There's opportunities you can't get back, so Hey guys, uh, I found that I found that article that I was just talking about. I found the guy that I was looking for, and I'm going to. So it's story time. I'm going to read this to you. This is essentially why this is this story in particular is the main reason why I do not subscribe to automatic belief, uh, no matter what the number is and who says it. Okay. So here's the story. I'm just going to read it verbatim from where I found it from. This is um, this is from the Orlando Sentinel. Um, and the title of it is Attorneys Say Girls Inspired by John Tucker Must Die Frame Team for Rape. That, so if you literally just take what I said and type that into Google, this article should pop up so you should be able to see it for yourself and that is attorneys say girls inspired by john tucker must die frame team for rape and it says uh phoenix associated press attorneys for a 19 year old accused of sexually assaulting several girls at his former high school say there is a treasure trove of evidence proving the girls lied about the abuse but the lawyers want further access to Facebook accounts to prove it. Tyler Cost, who appeared in court on Monday, was arrested last May for sexual crimes against 
13 girls between 13 and 17 years old, most of whom were former classmates at Post uh, Buett High School. The penal county attorney's office says cost faces 30 charges and three indictments ranging from sexual abuse to child molestation. That's because he was 19 years old and these people, and some of them was 13. And uh, so, I want to point out that, that they said at the time that he was currently in high school. Like he was yes. 19 and he was in high school. So like, yeah. Yes, he was a senior. He, he was in the school with these, with most of yeah. these. Yeah, or he was eight, like even at 18. Like so. Yeah. Um, cost there, uh, cost there straight ahead throughout most of the proceedings is expression waffling between uh, consternation and sedation. He looked older than in his booking photos with pale skin and close cropped brown hair. Cost defense said new evidence taken from Facebook and Instagram proves the women lied about his sexual lied about sexual abuse. The prosecution handed over 98,000 pages of social media records from several of the alleged victims, but defense attorney Michael Allard said he needs communications of at least eight other people to determine how far the plot spreads. The court, the court documents reveal a group Facebook chat where three of the accusers and three witnesses made plans to teach a lesson to cost and refer to the movie john tucker must die where ex-girlfriends take revenge on a former boyfriend the exchange happened weeks before the women's accused cost of sexual assault the facebook uh privacy policy prevents the defense from gaining access to other records Oliver said only law enforcement can request the information from Facebook, he said. Quite frankly, the fact that the state is refusing to get any additional social media records is concerning. It's shocking. Based on what we've uncovered so far, they should be dismissing several charges. Instead, they are digging their heels in and they are refusing to give us any, any anything additional, Aller said. Prosecutor Sean uh, Jensenvold said that records are not in the state's control and can't be turned over to defense. Further, he said the defense has not demonstrated a substantial need for the information. Like, how is that not a substantial need for the information? Jensenvold said that Facebook conversation only shows that three of the victims might be involved in a revenge fraud, but not the other 10 victims. Um, this uh this goes on for a while um and i was gonna say one of the important things that i saw in there is they said that um the prosecutor actually got in trouble um and um had to uh they had a lawsuit of malfeasance against them because of uh improperly collecting evidence and testimonies so they basically, in, in what it was saying is that somebody was trying to move up in the political world and that was that was why they pressed forward and pushed so hard to try mm -hmm. to prosecute them. So it goes even deeper. Like I'm sure that it wasn't planned by them. It was planned by the children, by the girls, but somebody stepped in, saw it as an opportunity for political gain 
personal and political gain and they piled on. So just because you see somebody accusing and then you see them getting backing by legal experts and, and people that are supposed to be upholding an oath of the law, that does not mean that there isn't something more nefarious happening behind the scenes. Yes. Um, and this, and that was the original article from 2015. Yes, from 2015. Tyler Cost was eventually released from jail after three years in prison. He was released from jail in 2017. So, so um, if you just uh, look up Tyler Cost, you can find that in uh, AZ Central. So that's why you just because the numbers are great, you shouldn't you shouldn't just take things for granted, man. Mm-hmm. Like there, it could very well be a conspiracy or a well, yes, just a conspiracy against someone, a plot to to take someone down for frivolous reasons. Actually, any time that this happens is for frivolous bullshit ass reasons yeah. and, and, and i just want to be clear because you know there's a certain group of people out there that believe oh well this person has been a lawyer they went through the whole bar and they did all this stuff and they're supposed to be uh you know beholden to that laws of the united states and that's what their loyalty is to why would they risk um losing their license and all that other stuff um to practice law over something trivial that has nothing to do with them and some people might not believe that somebody like a lawyer or a prosecutor or a state prosecutor would do something like that. And even though you might not understand it, that's exactly what happened here. And you might even look at them and say, yo, you were stupid for risking your entire career by, false, by helping to falsely accuse uh, somebody of rape just for you to move up in the political world. But guess what? People do stupid things every day. So just because it sounds like it's stupid and just because it sounds like a reason, it doesn't sound like a good reason to do something, doesn't mean that there isn't somebody out there willing to do it. Don't go thinking that um, that these that a conspiracy or a plot against the Sean is not possible because I'm pretty sure that who if this is if that is what's happening that's exactly what they're counting on they're counting on your disbelief through through sheer numbers mm-hmm. as like that's why that's exactly why I would present a higher number of people is to is to make it more and more believable that he did it but it's it's still like i said all the facts aren't there it still could go either way just from what's been gathered, I feel a certain way. Yep. Um, that's all I got for this one, guys. Um, honestly, uh, thanks for sticking with us, Sean. As always, it's a pleasure, Doug. With that being, you want to close this one out? Or no? Um, yeah, I'll, to close out, I'm just going to go ahead and thank everybody that once again purchased uh, merchandise from us. We got a few more people that are now reaching out to us. Um, we'll, um, we'll take your order soon. Um, 
with that said, we appreciate the support. Anybody that supports us by buying things, buying their merchandise, whether it's by buying merchandise, listening, sharing, all of these things, we appreciate it. Um, Mark, you know, he goes through this little thing that he does at the end of these episodes, and he been stomp, he been stumbling on it. I did it like, one time, dog. You know, I'm, 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 I'm gonna try my hand at it. You know, he wow. said he says something like, uh, I don't know. If you if you fuck with us, we fuck with y'all. So, fuck with us so that we fuck with y'all. Some shit like that. I don't mm. know what Mark Beyond man. I think I got it down. But thank you as always. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the I Test Network. Peace.